0: Kansas City is in the middle of a housing crisis. Quite frankly, the rent is too damn high and our people are getting priced out, but it doesn't have to be this way. Question two on November's ballot will ask us to pass a $50 million bond to fund housing Kansas Cityans can actually afford, and it won't increase taxes by a dime. Vote yes on question two to invest $50 million for truly affordable housing for our people, our neighborhoods, and our future, paid for by KC Tenants Power together.
1: Thanks for listening to the KC Morning Show. So why do you look so happy? We're talking sandwiches today. Who wants a sandwich? I gotta
0: eat my way out of a
1: sandwich. I eat that sandwich. You stole my sandwich? Is that what you did? I don't understand. Who's responsible for all this? Who's responsible for this? The Earl of Sandwich.
2: It is National Sandwich Day. Me,
1: me, me between bread. Happy National Sandwich Day.
2: Showtime.
0: Everything's running smoothly.
1: Yo, 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 yo! What is going on? My name's Hartzell. And this right, Chia. It's your KC Mooney Show. Baby! What's the word? Kansas City. Guess what, y'all? I got some news, y'all. News, news, news. Update them bios, y'all. Your KC Morning Show. And... Still best local podcast, your KC Morning Show. Three times, y'all. We did it. The pitch awards, they were released today, and you'll notice that on the best podcast line, that's your name, the KC Morning Show. I love you, Kansas City. So I started this show. We started the KC Morning Show in 2019. I was on a morning show. The host thought I was upstaging her, so I got kicked off that show, and I got pissed off. So I hit up Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and we did a morning show. We made the alternative in Kansas City your mainstream. And then Pete left. Then we brought Kitty on board, and my girl thrived. And now look at us. Millions of streams, damn near 500 episodes, and now you're three times best local podcast Kansas City we have done so much history together I love you thank you for letting me into your life because you have so so enriched mine thank you thank you on the show today, a treat. In fact, let me shut up. Marianne Williamson is on the show, Kansas City. That's right. She's an author, spiritual advisor. She ran for president in 2020 for the Democratic side. And she's going to be in town this Saturday over at Unity Temple. An evening with Marianne Williamson. We get a sneak peek and a great conversation heading into the midterms. A matter of moments away on your KC Morning Show. Rate, review, subscribe, do that thing you do. Kansas City. Gotta love it. It is a good day to be a Kansas Cityan. Absolutely. That's because of you, KC. Because of you, we'll see ya in the morning. Bye. For the first time on your KC Morning Show, my friends, this is an honor, a privilege, and a pleasure. Marianne Williamson, she is an author, she ran for president, she's a spiritual advisor, and she's going to be in town, Kansas City, November 5th at the Unity Temple on the Plaza. It's an evening with Marianne Williamson. Join Marianne for a truly 21st century conversation about where all of us are going now, spiritually and socially. Marianne, welcome to the KC Morning Show, my friend. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So I feel like I'm stepping on the lead and and we're going to talk about the event on Saturday. But we've got the midterms on Tuesday, Marianne. I would love to just know what are your thoughts? Give us kind of your perspective as we're heading into the polls. Some folks have already voted the context of how we got here. You've been talking about it so much spiritually and socially, politically, economically. Marianne, where are we as we head to the polls? Well,
2: we're in a very perilous place, aren't we? I mean we have millions of Americans who apparently, and this includes some people who are running for office, very powerful offices, running for Senate, running for governors, and most importantly running for secretaries of state, who have been very honest about the fact that they do not believe that the person who gets the most votes should necessarily be the person who wins. They are people who have said that even if they don't win their election, they won't necessarily accept those results that's the end of your democracy there. Because the whole point of a democracy is the the will of the people prevails, that we vote, and then whoever gets the most votes, except in the presidential where we have the electoral college, which I think should be done away with ultimately as well. But the idea is that the will of the people gets to prevail. So the idea that we have people running for office who say, no, if if I don't win, I'm just not going to accept the results is more than dangerous it's a a direct assault on our democracy um we're in a really really perilous place given that that's the case
1: I gotta ask you, how do you think that we got here? You know, I'm looking at some of the messaging. Look at how this midterm has shaped up for the Republican Party. You have folks who are just using this hyper-masculine rhetoric. They're celebrating violence. Is it as simple as a Freud argument? Is it a sex thing? I mean, I'm trying to dissect what is happening in that party, and I don't know if I have answers, but the problem is it's clicking for folks, and, and I believe you would agree with me here, I don't think those folks are worth giving up on i think that's even a lazy assessment how do we reach those folks
2: well the the bigger problem for the democrats is not how many republicans are going to show up at the polls the bigger problem for democrats is how many people are likely to stay home and i think in any problem in life your challenge is not just to look at other people but to look at yourself And I agree with FDR, who said that we wouldn't have to worry about a fascist or a communist takeover, he said, as long as democracy is delivering on its promises. So I think the Democratic Party needs to ask itself, under our governance, and we did have the White House for 16 years in this modern era, did we fully deliver on democracy's promises? I would argue that if we had, we would have universal health care if we had, we would have free or near free college. If we had, then we would not have had the massive transfer of wealth into the hands of 1% of people over the last 40 years. So this began with an economic theory that came to be known as neoliberalism, trickle-down economics, that basically puts the primacy of property rights before democratic and humanitarian ideals. It puts short-term corporate profit before the health and well-being of people and animals and planet. And also, along with that, when you get into its most fundamental state, It carries with it the belief that in order to protect property rights, you have to put democracy in chains. Now, this neoliberal philosophy began full bore with the presidency of Ronald Reagan. So it started with a Republican president, but no Democratic president stopped it. Ever since FDR, we have not had a Democratic president who said this party stands unequivocally for the well-being of the working people of the United States. The Democratic Party in this modern era has tried to sort of have it both ways, trying to make life better for people, but unwilling too often to challenge the underlying corporate forces whose donors constituted the money they needed for elections and who they were unwilling to challenge. And those corporate forces emphasis on their own short term profits made the return of all that suffering inevitable. So the American people, it's not just that American people have moved over to a strong man authoritarian like Donald Trump, and then of course, his influence on the whole party. But I think that in many ways, we let the thief in, you know, if those forces represent a kind of thief of our democracy, I think the Democratic Party has to look at the fact that we opened the door, and we kept the windows open, we were far too casual, we were not emphatic and adamant enough that the purpose of Our being was to really serve the American people. When you look at how many millions of Americans for years now have not been able to absorb a $400 unexpected expenditure, when you look at how many Americans live in poverty or near poverty, when you look at how many Americans can't afford to just work one job, when you look at how many Americans having to choose between their insulin and their rent, when you look at how many people can't afford an apartment even though they're working full time, You have that much despair, that becomes a national security risk. That kind of mass despair in large groups of people is a petri dish out of which different forms of societal dysfunction are almost inevitable. And anybody who had the slightest knowledge of history, including Germany in the 1930s, would have known that.
1: I want to touch on that if we can. The radical spirit of the American people. It is exactly that. It's radical. It's not a market driven spirit. It's a radical, progressive spirit. And when you don't attack the problem, you attack each other. Look at what that has done to us. And the Democratic Party that claims to be on the side of social democracy, they're letting (laughs) us fight in this game that has never been intended for us to win. And I think that is why we keep losing folks left and right. Well, I think that the American people are not the problem.
2: The problem is we do not currently have a representative democracy that genuinely represents the people. We have more legislators who are voting in ways that serve their donors than in ways that serve their constituents. Even when poll after poll might show that their constituents want one thing, too often those legislators will still do that which serves the donors as opposed to that which serves the constituents. So the spirit of the American people is progressive, the spirit of the American people, the majority of them. You know, the American people, if you look at poll after poll, we're a little bit left of center. But like I said, a lot of people who do have carry that spirit, the problem is how many of them might not vote next week. Not, you know, what's what's in their heart, but how much they feel that it will make any difference in their lives. And in too many cases, voting for people, including Democrats, who said, I'm going to help you, did not turn out that way. I'm really, really hoping that the Democrats hold on to both houses next week. But if they don't, I think it's going to be time for the Democratic Party to be willing to look in the mirror in a way that it has not for a very long time. I think that President Biden has done some things for which we can all be grateful, but I don't think we've done enough. And I hope that what has been done is enough to make people show up on Tuesday and if nothing else, vote against what is a genuinely neo-fascist authoritarian strain that's in our country now.
1: Marianne, let's talk about uh, the events on Saturday. Again, it's at Unity Temple. What can we be in store for
2: Well, that's not going to be a political talk. That's going to be a spiritual talk. That's going to be about the evolution of humanity at this time. As we move out, we've already moved out of the 20th century, obviously, when the 21st, we're in a new millennium. And the mindset which dominated the 20th century is very different than the mindset that is emerging in the 21st. The 20th century mindset was very mechanistic, Newtonian paradigm, the idea that the world was a big machine, and if you had any problem with that, all you had to do was to tweak the pieces of the machine. The 21st century, there is a a British physicist named James Jeans, and he said, it turns out that the world is not one big machine, it turns out that the world is one big thought. And now we are recognizing, in a way that is very different, that consciousness matters, that what we think matters, that thought creates our energies, creates our behavior, creates the things that then happen in the world. So people are recognizing that when we change our mind, which really is the spiritual path, because the spiritual path is changing your mind to be more loving, to change from perceptions of fear to perceptions of love. This changes everything. Because thought is the level of cause, and the world as you experience it is the realm of effect. So, there's a lot of chaos right now, obviously, but I think we have choices to make. I think there are three ways that you can live within this chaos. One is, you can just live your life at the effect of it, and that's where all the anxiety and the depression and the craziness is coming from in the world today. There's another way to live where you are... Learning to endure the chaos, and that's a more spiritual, more loving, more forgiving and merciful perspective. And then there's something beyond that. And that's where you choose consciously and willingly to be someone who helps transform the chaos. And that's this moment. And that does go back to the things you and I are talking about. Our willingness to recognize that all is not necessarily right in the world, but that we are on this earth to make it right. And that's the zeitgeist of this moment. We can't pretend that we're not living in chaotic times, but we can decide, will I just live at the effect of that chaos or will I be someone who helps transform it? That's what I'm going to be talking about on Saturday night.
1: Marianne, I have so enjoyed this conversation. And I I guess we'll we'll go out with this. I'm someone who also believes in that radical love that you talk about, because I think when you've got that radical love, you can you can then make that radical hope. And for me, hope gets me through the day. It's what gets me to the next day. And, And there's a quote. One of my favorite quotes is actually from Princess Leia. It goes something like this. Hope is like the sun. If you only believe in it when you see it, you'll never make it through the night. So Marianne, as we close out, I'm, I'm curious, how do you keep that hope alive? How can you, as you're talking to our folks, and, and you're going to be at Unity Temple on, on Saturday, but just across the country, across the world, how do you keep that hope alive? You know, How do you still find the promise of the freedom that FDR talks about so much? Shimon
2: Peres said, anyone who doesn't believe in miracles is not a realist. I think as Americans, we need to remember this country has tended in our past to self-correct. We answered slavery with abolition. We answered this institutionalized oppression of women with the women's suffragette movement. We answered segregation with the civil rights movement. It's simply our turn. This is the newest iteration of an ancient struggle in this country between our ideals of equality and justice for all versus economic forces, which have absolutely no intention of seeing those principles idealized and actualized. That was was how we started with slavery, for God's sakes. So this is just the newest iteration. Other generations have stood up and pushed back, and it's simply our turn. So it's not just hope, it's intention. We need to have more than hope because hope can be passive. Hope can imply somebody else is going to come do it for you. It has to be an age not just of hope, but of innovation, of participation, and of courage. That's what the abolitionists had. That's what the women suffragettes had. That's what the civil rights workers had. We need to have courage now. We need to stand for our country and stand for our species in a way that perhaps... Some of us had never even thought, would certainly we didn't think would be necessary, but we're going to find some inner strength that some of us might not have even thought we had. When we simply make the commitment to ourselves and to the God of our understanding, I will show up for this time. I
1: will. Marianne Williamson, thank you so much, my friend. I can't wait for folks to see you on Saturday. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
0: I can't stand the rain against my window. Bringing back sweet memories Yeah, when pain Do you remember my way.